Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, February the 1st, 2023. It is currently 2.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I want to begin by reading some of the most famous words in history, especially if you are a Christian. Maybe these words aren't as famous outside of Christianity, so let me rephrase it. I want to read some words that are some of the most famous words in church history, in Christian history. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, if you've attended church for any length of time, I am sure you know these words There's a high probability, probably about a 99% probability, you have sung these words. You may find these words to be of great comfort to you, or maybe you found these words to be the most discouraging words you have ever heard. I think it really depends on one's perspective. Most people talk about how amazing these words are, how much comfort it brings them, how great it is. And they think, they think this is, these words are beautiful, but I think there may be a very small, small, small percentage who don't quite feel that way. And uh, well, we're going to look at these words. We're going to look at the history of these words. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some history that nobody ever wants to talk about. Are you ready? Listen closely to these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless state and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well It is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Every bit, every bit, all of it is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. You you probably know those words, right? That is from the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And it's a hymn penned by hymnist Horatio Spafford and composed by Philip Bliss. It was first published in Gospel Hymns Number 2, Um, 1876, it is possibly the most influential songs maybe in church history. I I don't know if there's a way to really 
quantify that, but it's one of the most popular. Again, it is Well With My Soul, penned by Horatio Spafford. Everyone, everyone is very familiar with it. Everyone knows it. And it's this song that supposedly arose out of great tragedy. And this person is saying, it is well with my soul. And the way a lot of times this is sung, a lot, a way a lot of times this is spoken of is, hey, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter if everything is falling apart, no matter if there's death, there's disease, there's disaster, you should be able to lift your hands and say, it is well with my soul. Now, it depends on how we understand that, right? On one hand, I can say it is well with my soul because Christ has died and saved me and I am saved by an imputed righteousness. So it is well with my soul as far as my salvation is concerned. So if I'm saying everything else may be horrible, but it is well with my soul because you, because Christ has shed his blood and died and, and his righteousness has been imputed to my account. So my salvation is secure. So it is well with my soul as far as that is concerned. If that's all we're saying, wonderful and great, but that's not how we typically present this. We present this that no matter what's going on in your life, you should be able to look at all of it and say, it is well with my soul, no matter how bad it is. It is well with my soul. I'm happy. I'm content. I, I, there, there's almost like you have to, no matter how bad things are, you can't really share how bad things are. You just have to say it is well with my soul. And it's presented that way many times. But what if it isn't well with my soul? What if it isn't well with my soul? What if I don't want to say it is well with my soul? What if I want to say, Lord, it isn't well with my soul. I'm suffering. This is happening. I'm not happy. I'm not content. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I, I want to die. Is that is it wrong to say that? Well, obviously, it can't be wrong to say some of those things because Job said some of those things. But sometimes it is well with my soul. I don't think sometimes it it provides the comfort everyone thinks it does because I think sometimes it feels like almost a weapon to make you feel guilty and to make you feel shame. Hey, hey, what are, what are you upset about? It is well with my soul. That should be your attitude because we all know the story behind it is well with my soul, right? Here's the background. This hymn was written after traumatic events and Spafford's life. The first two were the death of his four-year-old son and the, and the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, which ruined him financially. He had been a successful lawyer and had vest, invested significantly in property in the area of Chicago that was extensively damaged by the Great Fire. His business interests were further hit by the economic downturn of 1873, at which time he had planned to travel to England with his family on the SS Ville de, de Hava, uh, the SS Ville de Hava, to help with D.L. Moody's upcoming, upcoming evangelistic campaigns. In a late change of plan, he sent the family ahead while he was delayed on business concerning zoning problems following the Great Chicago Fire. While crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with a sea vessel. All four of Spafford's daughters died. 
His wife, Anna, survived and sent him now the famous telegram, Saved Alone, shortly afterwards. As Spafford traveled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write these words as the ship passed near where his daughters had died. Bliss called the tune Villa de Jave for the name of the stricken vessel. And depending on who is pronouncing Villa de Harvey, I've heard it Villa de Harvey. I've heard it Villa de Harva. I've heard it said many different ways. But that's that's what it was originally called, the Villa de Harvey, because of the ship that sunk. And he wrote this as he's supposedly passing by an area near where, where the ship went down and he lost his daughters. And he penned those famous words, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul. And it became a, a, a historical event, almost took on mythological implications. It almost became this thing that transcended even the event. And then, you know, pastors tell the story in their sermons. Praise uh, uh, leaders will use the words at times, lower the lights, you know, sing it a cappella. Everyone loves it. It's this very emotional thing. And no matter how horrible it is, lift your hands and confess it is well with my soul. Because we're never to raise our hands, obviously, and say, it isn't well with my soul. It isn't right. It hurts. My family has died. I don't understand. No, 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 no. And Christianity were to raise our hands and say, it is well with my soul. Now, that's the story everyone knows. That's the story that's celebrated. That's the story that everyone loves. Now, remember, this is our 1876 when we think the, the, the hymn was first published. But there's something that a lot of people forget. Horatio Spafford Sometime during the 1880s, so let's go back. If the song is published in 1876, sometime during the 1880s, in Jerusalem, Horatio Spafford suffered a mental illness, basically a breakdown that caused him to believe that he was the second Messiah. Somewhere in the 1880s, Horatio Spafford supposedly had some kind of a mental health breakdown and he started thinking that he was the second Messiah. Now, I have heard this report. Interesting enough, the first time I ever heard it, this was many, many, many years ago, and I wish I could find the episode. There's a a program, an audio drama, radio drama that comes on Uh, Most Christian radio stations, it used to come on all the time everywhere. It's not as prominent today. It used to be extremely influential called Adventures in Odyssey by Focus on the Family. And they did an episode where there was this girl, uh, one of the characters in this radio drama, who basically was trying to tell everyone, everything is wonderful. Everything is great. I'm okay. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. And then she basically starts having a breakdown. And so... The one of the, the main character that, you know, basically tries to help the kids and he's kind of like the, the the wise man who gives them counsel and biblical advice. He basically tells her the story of Horatio Spafford and it is well with my soul. 
And then he says, what a lot of people don't know is it obviously wasn't well with my soul because he had a mental breakdown, I think is the way they described it. They didn't give the year. And that I think they said he ended up in an insane asylum. I don't know of the historical accuracy of that. The problem is trying to find this information. It's almost impossible. You can look and you can look and you can look and you can look. I found information today um, from a... Uh, from a thing that kind of gives all the his, the uh, all the history of Horatio Spafford, I mean, it gives uh, family lineage, uh, gives you know the, somebody did research, you know, like with uh, you know like uh, ancestors and historical records, and it names people where they were born. It gives all of this information, and then finally, as it moves down, it says sometime during the eighteen eighty. 80s in Jerusalem, Horatio Spafford suffered a mental illness that caused him to believe that he was the second uh, Messiah. After Horatio Spafford's death in 1888, so I don't know, between somewhere in between 1880, uh, 1880 and 1888, you know, he, he passes away, but somewhere during that time, it's reported that he supposedly had some kind of mental break. Now, why did he have a mental break? I cannot obviously diagnose it. I cannot be perfectly sure, but maybe it wasn't well with his soul. Now, maybe it was well with the soul as far as he was trusting in Christ and his finished work, but maybe there was something that wasn't right with his soul. Now, I still wish there would be more historical research into this, but nobody wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole, right? Because how dare you mess with it as well with my soul? How dare you mess with that, right? That That is perfect, you know, that's the perfect song for praise and worship. That's the perfect song for the end of a sermon when you're trying to convict uh, people because they, they're struggling with difficulties. Don't mess with it. But my thing is, is I don't care about messing with this wonderful thing that is used. And I... I <laughs> I, and in some ways, I believe for manipulation more than for edification, but that's my own cynical mind, but I have an issue with it. So let me make it very clear. If you tell me it is well with my soul as far as, look, my house burns down, everyone dies. On one sense, it is well with my soul in this way. My salvation is eternally secure. It is not shaken. It is not moved by my circumstances. So I can look to my salvation and say it is well with my soul as far as my salvation is concerned. But that does not mean it is well with my soul as far as my circumstances are concerned. Because everything can be well with my soul as far as my salvation, but at the same time, it is, I don't, I think I will go so far to say it is vitally important I think it's absolutely necessary that you can turn around and say, but it is not well with what I'm going through. I feel confusion. I feel anger. I feel bitterness. I feel doubt. I feel abandoned. I feel hurt. I feel like I, it's, it's okay to express that. I think Christianity would be better off and allowing people to say it isn't well with my soul. It's not right. I'm not happy. Maybe we will never know 
Horatio Spafford, maybe it would have been different if he would have said, it isn't well with my soul. I don't know why my daughters died. I don't know why I wasn't on that ship. I don't understand it. I'm not saying that that would have prevented the mental health issues because we don't know. I don't know if there's any way to diagnose it. One, because there hasn't been much historical research into the whole situation. Nobody wants to touch it because you're like, that's like the golden calf. And if you, if you call into question this hymn, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. How dare you touch it as well with my soul? It is like, it, it, that is, it's untouchable. And I'm not calling into question the song. I'm calling into question the mindset that that people use the song to try to impose on people. And it leads to lots of guilt. I heard this same nonsense when I was a teenager and my mother, and I had not been saved very long and my mother's dead. And people's like, you know, remember the hymn, it is well with my soul. He lost his four daughters, but it was well with my soul. You know, you know, God will, will make it all better or, or you know, whatever there, you know, all things will work together for good. Everyone giving me all of their little cliches, you know, boom, one cliche after another cliche. And I was supposed to just say, it's well, it's wonderful. It's great. Everything is awesome. And it wasn't, it wasn't so wonderful. It wasn't so awesome. And that's why I found myself kneeling on a floor saying, Father, forgive me for what I'm about to do and got ready to pull a trigger and kill myself and end up in a psychiatric hospital for eight weeks. So I'm not judging Horatio Spafford for the mental health issues. I'm not, I'm not judging that in any way, shape or form. What I'm judging is that nobody wants to deal with that part of the story. We've taken the story conveniently and turned it into, and I hate to say it, sometimes it feels like it's a hammer and anybody who says it isn't well with my soul, we're like, how dare you say that? Where's your faith? I think it takes more faith. To say, Lord, it isn't well with my soul. It's horrible. To to how what? Remember, I referred to a lament as a spiritual scream. To scream out, I'm in pain and I don't understand. And why is this happening? And why did I lose my daughters? That to me takes more faith than to put on a fake smile and say it is wonderful. It is great. Everything's awesome. Now I don't know what Horatio Spafford may have meant. When I read those lyrics, there's a part of me that thinks he's just saying, this is horrible, but it is well with my soul because my soul is eternally secure. There's a part of me that thinks maybe that's the way it should be interpreted. Others interpret it though, hey, no, no matter what happens in your life, everything's good. Everything's good because, you know, everything's great. But I think there's, I think there, look, everything's always great with my position in Christ because there is no condemnation. I'm perfectly forgiven, everything. But in practice, things are not always well. Now, I doubt anyone listening to this has ever heard this story about Horatio Spafford. Right now, there's people looking things up to try to disprove this, and maybe we can disprove it. I've talked about this many times and asked people, hey, help me find information. I've never really had, I don't think anyone's ever really helped me. Uh, but uh, but I do know it's hard to find. I do know it's hard to find. I I, I way way back when I because I was a teenager and it, it had a profound impact on me uh, because I, I even as a teenager I listened to Adventures and Odyssey. I know it was really designed for a younger audience, but I loved radio drama. So this was a radio drama, and I love I love that audio radio drama where your mind 
paints the picture. I love that uh, because I, I used to listen. I still, to this day, listen to old radio dramas. So Adventures in Odyssey was just this really cool thing, even though it was designed for a younger audience. But there was this one, one, there was one character um, who they, they kind of took her story from before conversion to her conversion and after conversion. And, I, and it was just a beautiful story, the way they weaved it all together. And I thought it was well done. And I think it was her character that after becoming a believer, she's the one who kept trying, okay, every, everything's wonderful. Everything's great. And it, and it clearly wasn't great. But she wouldn't confess it or acknowledge it because she was trying to be like, you know, super Christian. And then the person is like, have you ever heard the story of Horatio Spafford? Did you hear what happened to his daughters? And she's like, oh, no. And then it is well with my soul. And, and, and there's almost like you can tell in her character, she's kind of like, well, yeah, see, everything is supposed to be well, right? Everything is, I'm supposed to be content. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be thankful for everything. And then he's like, but you know what happened to Horatio Spafford? And when he told that story, I was like, wait a minute, we sing this song in church. And so I would bring up this story and I was almost immediately just dismissed as, like, who cares? We don't care about that. We just care about the fact that he wrote the song close to the spot that's typically told right on the spot where his daughters died. He wrote, it is well with my soul. See how wonderful that is? That should be our mindset. But if just a few years later, let's say three years later, four years later, he has a mental break and he thinks he's the Messiah? Uh, come on now. That doesn't sound like everything was so well. I think true faith, real faith, strong faith is the faith that can confess things aren't well. I'm not happy. I'm upset with God. I'm bitter at God. I don't understand why God would do this. I think it that's that faith is strong enough to question and doubt. A faith that can never question or doubt to me is a faith that's just pretending. And you can only pretend for so long. I guess if everything stays wonderful in your life, you can continue to pretend. But when things go horribly wrong, I don't know. I like, I like the faith that is, not, is willing to acknowledge, you know what? Things are not well. Things are not good. I'm struggling. I sin. I fall. What if, the, what if Christianity was more realistic and, and raw and transparent and open instead of polished and produced and cleaned up and what do you think it is well with my soul or it isn't well with my soul I think we can say it is well with my soul and my position in Christ because that is well. And at the very same time, express that it isn't well because of what I'm experiencing in my practical everyday life. 
And I think we forget that those are two very different realities. In Christ's secure, wonderful salvation, forgiveness, righteousness, perfection, it's wonderful. But in the meantime, I'm living in a world where there's trial, there's tribulation, there's pain and suffering, and all of that will be my experience until glorification where there's no more pain, no more suffering, and no more death. There'll be no more tears. But for now, there's tears. There's pain. There's hurt. I cling to my position because that gives me hope for glorification. But in the meantime, I struggle and I suffer. And I think we can acknowledge that pain and suffering. Horatio Spafford wrote a beautiful hymn that has brought comfort to some. I think it's brought guilt to many. He wrote that it was well with his soul. But years later, according to at least some historical study, it may have, it may have been proven that things were not as well as it sounded. Because according to at least some historical sources, he had some kind of mental illness and became convinced that he was like a second Messiah. Now, we don't know all the details, and I'm more than willing to acknowledge that. But even without the story of Horatio Spafford, no matter what actually happened, I think there's millions of people who sit in a pew or stand there in a sanctuary and raise their hands and say, it is well with my soul, and then go home. Maybe it's midnight. Maybe it's one o'clock in the morning. And they lay there in the darkness and they know it's not well with their soul. They know deep down it's not. But they have to continue to pretend that it is. I think Christianity doesn't need to be a place of pretending, but a place of being real, going, mm. and everyone should be willing to embrace that. Your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com, news, if at yahoo.com. We'll be doing live broadcasting in a couple of hours. Haven't got a plan for everything that's going to transpire today, but we'll see what we can do and see what we can accomplish. But I have a feeling this one may keep me a little busy because I think there's going to be a lot of opinions on this. But I would love to get your thoughts. Again, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. God bless.